You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 60. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at the second cup limited, symbol SCU on the TSX, a Canadian specialty coffee tea, coffee retailer operating franchised and company-owned cafes across Canada. Shares in the company have performed fo- very poorly long-term, but a September partnership with TSX Venture-listed National Access Cannabis, symbol META on the TSX Venture, Uh, To convert second cup locations into national access cannabis branded dispensaries has intrigued the market. With uh, the company in a strategic review process and looking to boost profitability, a listener asks us if the stock is finally worth a look. Our star of the week is Solium Capital Inc., SUM on the TSX, which provides cloud-enabled services for global equity-based incentive plans, including administration, financial reporting, and compliance. The stock surged 42% Monday after Morgan Stanley announced it will acquire Solium shares in an all-cash transaction for $19.15. The transaction is valued at $1.1 billion. Finally, our dog of the week is Hive Blockchain Technologies. Hive owns state-of-the-art GPU-based digital currency mining facilities in Iceland and Sweden, which produce newly minted digital currencies like Ethereum continuously, as well as cloud-based, ASIC-based capacity, which produces newly minted digital uh, currencies like Bitcoin. The stock is down over 85% in the last year. We'll let you know if it's a dog or an opportunity. Well, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Keystone Senior VP of Research, Mr. Aaron Dunn. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks for us with conferences lately. We both spoke at the World Outlook and you spoke at the at the Resource Conference. So yeah. if uh, people have been wondering where we are, that's 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 where we've been yeah, for the last couple get, of weeks anyway. fairly occupied uh, you know, uh, at this time of year and we had... Uh, we had fun, ton of fun at the World Outlook. Uh, great event. A uh, ton of our clients there. Uh, you know, from not just Vancouver and BC that we saw there. From across the Canada, we saw people from Halifax to Saskatchewan to uh, Alberta and uh, all across the country that come out to that, which is a great event, the World Outlook. And you know, if any listeners out there have not been to the event, it's a great event to go to every year uh, in the first. First couple of days of February, the World Outlook. Of course it is, because we speak there every year. So That makes it a wonderful event. Without us, no, we're not recommending you come out there. But since we were both there, we got 40 minutes up on stage, which was great. Um, I you know, got to talk 
our strategy, what we think of the markets right now, and you know, give a couple little stock tips. All the stock tips that we talked about there, though, of course, our clients knew about well in advance. Now, as far as the other conference you spoke at there, it was the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. That was a few weeks back now. It's the largest mining investment conference actually in the world. Um, I was I spoke there this year. Now I may not get asked to come back in 2020 uh, after what I had to say, but I'm going to go into some of the things that I talked about there. Um, and when I give talks at events like that, I believe it behooves me to be honest with the audience. And the point of this speech was essentially that the junior mining sector is a terrible place to try to make money long term. Now, um, there have been, you know, there, there's some, you know, individual stocks on there that have made money long term, but, uh, you know, and everybody has this story about some uh, XYZ mining co that their cousin's uncle's former roommate bought at 10 cents and 10 minutes later it skyrocketed to $10 after this they discovered the largest gold deposit ever on the seventh moon of Endor yes we've all heard that story and that hope that hope that is out there sustains speculators in this segment now I went to that event to extinguish that hope now I could have gone on and on about the lack of cash flow in these companies, the industry itself, but I just looked at it plainly from an analytical perspective. I looked at the returns, and if the returns in this segment were good, if it was a great place to invest long-term, then the returns in this segment should be great long-term. It's very simple. So I used the TSX Venture Exchange as a proxy for the junior resource exploration sector. Why? because 60% of the stocks, just under 60% of the exchange, uh, belong to that segment. There's, uh, As at the end of the year, there's about 1,707 listed issuers on the TSX Venture. 971 were in the mining segment. So it's a pretty good proxy uh, for the performance of the, uh, of the junior mining sector, although I would say that the TSX Venture Exchange probably understates the poor performance of the mining sector, because there are some little gems on that exchange that do perform well. So let's look at how the venture exchange performed last year. Well, it was down 34.5%. Not a good performance at all. Um, it was a weak year overall for stocks. So how did it perform against some of the larger exchanges in the world? Well, we compared it to the NASDAQ, which was down 3.9%, all the way down to the Shanghai, which was down 24.6%. The TSX Venture ranked last. Uh, not, again, a tremendous underperformance by the exchange. But let's look back three years, because one year does not make a performance. So looking back three years and using the TSX as a proxy for the junior mining segment, three years back, the exchange is down 43%. Where is it from its highs in 2007-2008? Well, it's down astonishingly 81%. Now, since inception, the TSX Venture is down around 40%. Again, this shows an astonishingly poor allocation of capital for the average company on this exchange. And again, the culprit in our minds is the losses or is the composition of the exchange. 
Like I said, 57 to 60% of the issuers on this exchange are in the junior mining or exploration field. Most of these companies are really good at you know three things. That would be raising capital from investors, lining their pockets would be number two with that capital, and number three would be losing it. We get it that the TSX venture is somewhat flawed in that some of the better companies graduate and uplist to larger uh, exchange, and their future success is not counted in the exchange's returns. But a disproportionately low amount comes from the junior mining exploration sector. I do not fault the exchange. It is its business uh, to drive profitability. It is a public company itself. If a mining company meets its criteria for listing, it is able and willing to pay the ongoing fees, then it will be listed. I fault the construction of the Canadian financial industry, which has historically been composed of capital-raising brokerages who specialize in the resource sector and continue to raise billions for a sector that destroys capital at a disproportionately high rate. Yes, there are success stories, but for all the wheat and precious metals of the world, there appears to be 200 to 300 XYZ mining corps who never produce a cent of revenue. What they're good at, again, I'll go over this again, number one, they raise capital and they do it very well from investors out there. Number two, they line their pockets with that capital. Number three, the management teams lose it over time. And a caution, this is our cautionary tale and our advice was just not to put investment dollars in that sector. And if you want to speculate, there's far better companies to speculate in and, and far better segments to speculate in. Aaron? But aside from all that, you love the junior resource market. Aside from all that, I find it just a yeah. tremendous. Everything place else to invest. is, is yeah. good. I mean, yeah. yeah. Have I been? Yeah. Could I, I been? You, more, if you yeah. just if, if you look at the model of of junior resource, uh, you know, cash flow is is not is is not even a consideration. Very few companies even intend to go into production. Uh, really, what the model is is to is to build up an asset and then hope, hopefully sell it. And there's just there, there's 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 such a an. Uh, that that just there's such a speculative foundation. I mean, it, it's just such a speculative way to do business. Just building up an asset in the hopes that you can sell it one day if commodity prices and everything else um, turn to your favor, as opposed to you know building an asset that you actually believe can generate cash flow for your business. So it's it's especially when it takes you know five ten years minimum to to get an asset to a point. Where uh, where anybody would actually want to buy it typically, so it's it's just the the entire model of that industry just doesn't make sense to me from from an investment perspective. Now, from a specula- speculation perspective, akin to going to Vegas and and, and gambling or playing the lotto, sure. But uh, as as a real investor, to me, it's it's always been cash flow is king, and there there just isn't any cash flow. Look, and, and we don't we don't want to say there aren't some great management teams out there in the sector that really are out there trying to find a deposit, bring that deposit uh, to fruition, and, and create cash flow and create a business out of that. It's just there is, and the way the industry in Canada has been composed now. We have a huge number of in, you know, management teams that are essentially good at just raising capital and are opportunists, uh, moving from one hot metal to the next hot metal to, you know, to whatever they believe can raise capital. Uh, that is not a good allocation of capital uh, when they're doing those three things that I said they do with that capital. And you know, there are so many better places that we could put money in this country, and we should really be 
you know, looking for ways to allocate capital better and grow great businesses because there are some great businesses on the venture exchange. There are some great businesses on the TSX and there's a ton in the U.S. too as well. But, you know, though allocating capital to where it can be productive is great for the country. It has not been great in this segment. And, uh, you know, we would, we would avoid it. And the more you avoid it, the more, you know, the better uh, capital gets allocated into other sectors. So yeah, that, that would be our advice. Now let's look at our Your Stock, Our Take segment after that incredibly positive segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. The company we're going to look at is the, the Second Cup Limited. A uh, question comes in from Cheryl V via Twitter. She, had, she said it's been hit hard in recent years, does its cannabis participation and what looked like to be a better last quarter make this stock at all interesting to you? What's your take on it? So the second cup limited, symbol SCU on the TSX, currently trading just under $2.195, market cap just under $40 million. What does the company do? They are founded in 1975. Uh, Second Cup is a Canadian specialty coffee retailer uh, operating franchised and company-owned stores and cafes across Canada. So, you know, they have about 270 cafes right now, uh, 24 are company-owned. Now, the recent financials, if we look, we always like to look in the numbers. Uh, most recent, the quarter actually saw 11% growth in revenues to $5.3 million, and adjusted EBITDA grew 15% to 798000 now, here's some key points. Uh, the listener was asking about the partnership between TSX-listed Second Cup and TSX Venture-listed um, National Access Cannabis. It was back in September when they first announced their strategic alliance to convert select Second Cup locations into natural, National Access Cannabis-branded dispensaries. Now, the excitement surrounding uh, CBD-infused coffees may be part of what is the excitement here, the potential for a new functional drink, one that raises alertness without putting uh, you on edge, as coffee can tend to do. Uh, the jury, however, is still out on how, how caffeine actually interacts with CBD. Some believe that caffeine cancels out the calming effect of the CBD, while others argue that CBD's mellowing effect dampens caffeine jitters. So, you know, it's still not known how they completely interact. So NAC, or National Access Cannabis and Second Cup, plan to develop a network of branded stores and recreational cannabis stores in provinces where it's legally per permissible. Two of them are already being converted in Alberta. Now, our take on this company from a financial perspective, the balance sheet has been strengthened of late and now has the capacity to support some strategic initiatives. Now, they're involved in a strategic review right now to create shareholder value long term. There's no guarantees if that will, um, will produce a better value for shareholders. They have had good expansion with Pinkberry Premium Frozen Yogurt uh, sales pushed up on a same store basis to 0.3% growth in Q3, which was a turnaround from some negative same store sales growth. Fundamentally, the company appears to be slightly oversold. The company is, again, has a better balance sheet. Cash out of the equation, the stock trades at about six times uh, FFO, which is relatively decent. But the business is not growing. Annual sales 
are down from 37 million three years ago to 23 million this past year. And while they were up in the last quarter, you know, they're down year to date for the nine months of this year. We'd monitor it. It has some interest right now, but it doesn't meet our fundamental criteria because of the lack of current revenue growth. If that upticks, as we saw from Q3, it may have some more interest to us. Yeah, it seems like the only thing that is really exciting about the company right now is the possibility that, that cannabis offers it. But we also have to remember that it, that it is a very regulated space, yeah. the retail market. So several provinces are limiting the number of stores. Um, Alberta, for instance, is limiting the number of cannabis retail operations that any one company can own. And in a place like BC, as far as I know, there's there's still only one. There's there's one shop in Kamloops, and there has haven't been any uh, licensed since legalization. So it's um it's it's certainly looks like an opportunity for the company, but I wouldn't get too excited because there's obviously still there's going to be competitors in the space and a lot of regulation yeah, to contend with as well. And I would look at it if the company continues to grow on what it did in the third quarter and has a good solid profitable business that's trading at a reasonable price and you have a bonus of it potentially entering that segment uh, to add a growth element uh, maybe that would be something to look at but let's get a little further confirmation but as Aaron said the regulatory environment is certainly uncertain at this point. So let's look next at our weekly dog I'm going to let Aaron take that away I think it's Hive Blockchain. From our Stars and Dog segment, it's time for this week's Dog. It is high blockchain, you're correct, Ryan, and I, I feel like we've talked about this company on the podcast before. Uh, we've certainly talked about the company to our clients many times before. We we did our DIY, our last run of DIY seminars in the fall where we went to uh, about half a dozen cities across Canada and cryptocurrency and blockchain was was high up on the list. And we, we talked about Hive there. Um, so essentially, this is a, this is a big dog, not not over the last week, but over the last year. So it's actually up somewhat over the last week, um, down a few percentage points today. Um, but as you said, Ryan, it's, it, it's down about 80% over the last year, and it's actually down 92% from its high in just November of 2017. So as the name implies, Hive is a cryptocurrency blockchain company. More specifically, their their main business is in the mining of cryptocurrency. So they were one of the most highly touted crypto stocks in the Canadian market going into last year. I think the, the company raised somewhere, if, if memory serves, around $200 million from investors. And for, for a period of time, their market cap was well north of $1 billion. So in Canada, I believe this would have been the uh, the biggest blockchain crypto company by market cap, certainly. Uh, just in November of 2017, it had hit a high of over $5 per share, and now it's trading at just $0.40. Cents. So looking at the Q2 results of this company, they do produce decent revenue. They made about $6.5 million in the quarter, which was down from the, the previous quarter. So they'd, they'd recently reported Q2. Um, 6.5 million in revenue, down from about 10.5 million in Q1, but it's not profitable. In the in the quarter, it reported a net loss of 28 million. Most of that was was non-cash charges uh, associated with the impairment of assets and also the decline of in the value of digital currencies that they hold. But even when you back out all of the non-cash, non-recurring charges, it was still a net loss of about a million, about four million dollars for the quarter. So. 
really what is what what has happened to this company really has nothing to do with their financials i mean they do make decent revenue but you would expect a company that has raised so much capital to be able to generate some revenue what we would like to see is is for these companies to be able to generate profitability and so far none of these companies none of these blockchain crypto companies have generated any anything uh anything resembling profitability. So we talked about the space, the crypto blockchain space was a big part of our DIY seminar in the fall. And the reason for that is because we're just, we're getting a lot of questions from investors, certainly coming into into 2018 about crypto and blockchain. And is this a new way to invest? Are we stupid for not jumping into these stocks? And when you look at companies like Hive, their share prices were basically going parabolic going into 2018. Um, and then that basically just came to a catastrophic stop. So really, it, it's the price of, in, in, a, in the case of a company like like High Blockchain, it's the price of cryptocurrencies that have really worked against it. And, and with the prices of cryptocurrencies falling, um, that has basically taken all the wind out of the sails of in, with respect to investor sentiment. So you just don't have investors hype to invest in these companies, obviously. Uh, Bitcoin, for example, it, it had reached a price of over $20,000 per coin late in 2017. And today it's it's roughly around 3700 US per coin. So major, major drop. And for a company like like Hive, which is a mining company, this is this is catastrophic because they essentially they're making money they're they're mining these cryptocurrencies so they're they're part of the system they're part of the network providing a service and for that they're able to um, create new crypto coins but if the the price if if the value of these coins has has gone down by two thirds or or three quarters or more then obviously that's going to mean a lot less money for these mining companies and they invested a huge amount in, in infrastructure to to do this mining so really w- what i want to focus on here is is not necessarily any of the individual companies what i want to focus on is is looking at this as a case study of why it is important not just to follow the herd not just to follow uh you know the 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 fad of the week or the fad of the year it, it can be absolutely catastrophic when you you don't use your your independent critical thinking skills before you invest because if you're only going after something something like bitcoin or another cryptocurrency if you're only investing in that space because everybody else is and everybody else is telling you um that you should uh, that you have to get into this because it's 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 you know going to change the world and you're going to make all this money that's the reason why you're doing it but you don't actually understand the space you don't actually have a good understanding of it you're destined to lose money eventually i i believe that that is inevitable and you know in many ways this craze was similar to the dot-com bubble um, although thankfully this bubble burst much quicker but it, it was a very similar situation and of course dot com that that bubble was was fueled by the internet and the internet was a very legitimate technology obviously as we've known since then but that didn't mean that the companies any company that put dot com after their name automatically deserved a billion dollar valuation so you really have to think about uh, about these industries before you invest in them and if something is really hyped and you're you're hearing from people that you have to get into it that's probably a good sign that at some point in the near future it's it's about to about to pop so in the case of Hive, we would continue to stay away from the company. We don't see any value in it right now. They would have to get profitable. They have to somehow demonstrate that they're that they're going to be able to grow their revenues in spite of what's been happening with digital currencies over the last year. Uh, and and they need to drive some of that some of those dollars to the bottom line. So, 
blockchain is our high blockchain is our is our dog of the week. Yeah, and I think, and we've talked about this lately at recent uh, talks we've given it. Married two of the things we don't like: an overhyped, uh, overvalued sector with a business that people just don't understand. And when you don't understand what you're investing in, and there's a ton of hype around it, you marry those two concepts together, and it can be catastrophic for your portfolio. And Hive and any of the blockchain-related companies in this country serve as a cautionary tale over the past year uh, with their losses in excess of 85 to 90% on average. So we definitely stay away from uh, Hive right now. Even though there's revenues there, it's not profitable and not a business we uh, would be investing in right now. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Star. Finally, we're going to look at our weekly star, which is uh, Solium Capital Inc., symbol SUM on the TSX, currently trading around $19.10, just over a billion market cap. So what does the company do? Solium provides cloud-enabled services for global equity-based incentive plans, including administration, financial reporting, and compliance. Now, this is a company that we have featured in our Canadian Cash Rich Report for around six years now. We've always liked the business. It's made our shortlist a number of times. Uh, it's always traded at a relative premium valuation. Uh, but again, we've liked the uh, liked the business and liked what management had done there and creating a recurring cash flow business model. Um, now, today, Morgan Stanley announced it will acquire the shares in an all-cash transaction valued at $1.1 billion uh, at $19.15 per share. gain on the day so far. Now, again, our conclusion on this essentially is we like the business, we like the recurring nature. Uh, At the time of the, prior to the jump up in the share price, the company was actually already trading at relatively high valuations relative to cash flow. Morgan Stanley is paying a significant premium for this quality business, but they can afford it. It's a win-win for shareholders, and we expect the transaction to proceed. Nevertheless, the jump today makes Solium our star of the week. Yeah, it's clearly what J.P. Morgan is probably looking at here is they're 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 acquiring the technology, essentially to apply to their own operations, right? So in a in a case like that, I don't even think. You know, they're not even really considering. They're not even really valuing the company on a on a cash flow or an earnings basis yeah. like an investor would. They're valuing it. They're valuing the technology based on, you know, how that's going to assist their business and allow them to control costs in their own in their own business. And and of course, when they're doing that, when they're ignoring cash flow, even though the cash flow was there, um, they have actual experts that that know their business and know the technology and are able to understand, you know, at a very deep level how. Solium's technology could help JP Morgan, but great, great for investors. Nice, uh, nice forty plus percent pop in the stock. Yeah, tremendous so. return, and uh, you know I, I think that shareholders would be very happy with this uh, premium takeover bid. That's just another one of the companies from our Canadian Cash Rich Report. We're actually releasing that Cash Rich Report this week, um, and uh, I think there has been twenty over twenty five companies over the past six years from that, and this just added uh, to that total just today, companies that have been in that report that have been taken over. So look forward to that this week. Any of our listeners out there, if you want to get your hands on it, become a client today. 
Again, Aaron, I'd like to thank you for co-hosting with me. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody to continue to send your questions in for our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Um, And we appreciate those questions. Again, we're getting more and more all the time. Thank you very much and profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing. 